Jimmy Boy's Valentine by John Kendrick Banks. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings can be found in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Jimmy Boy's Valentine. Jimmy Boy had been watching for the postman all day, and he was getting just a little tired of it. It was Valentine's Day, and he was very naturally expecting that some of his many friends would remember that fact and send him a valentine. Still, the postman, strange to say, didn't come. He'll be later than usual, said Jimmy Boy's mamma. The postman is always late on Valentine's Day. He has so many valentines to leave at people's houses. Well, I wish he'd hurry, said Jimmy Boy, because I want to see what my valentines look like. Jimmy Boy always called valentines, valentines, so nobody paid any attention to that mistake. And then the front door bell rang. I guess, maybe, perhaps, that's the postman. Though I didn't hear his whistle, said Jimmy Boy, rushing to the head of the stairs and listening intently. But no one went to the door, and Jimmy Boy became so impatient that he fairly tumbled down the stairs to open it himself. How do you do? he said as he opened the door, and then he stopped short in amazement. There was no one there, and yet his solution was returned. How do you do? something said. I'm glad you came to the door, because I mightn't have got an in if the maid had opened it. People who don't understand queer things don't understand me, and I rather think if the girl had opened that door and had been spoken to by something she couldn't see, she'd have started to run and hide, shrieking Lork meanwhile. I've half a mind to shriek Lork myself, said Jimmy Boy, a little fearfully, for he wasn't quite easy about this invisible somewhat he was talking to. Who are you, anyhow? I'm not a who, I'm a what, said the queer thing. I'm not a person, I'm a thing. Just a plain, homely, queer thing. I couldn't hurt a fly, so there's no reason why you should cry, Lork. Well, what kind of queer thing are you? asked Jimmy Boy. Are you the kind of queer thing I can invite into the house, or would it be better for me to shut the door and make you stay outside? I don't like to say, said the queer thing, with a pathetic little sigh. I think I'm very nice, and that anybody ought to be glad to have me in the house. But that's only my opinion of myself. Somebody else might think very differently. In fact, somebody else has thought differently. You know rhinoceroses and crocodiles think themselves very handsome, and that's why they sit and gaze at themselves in the water all the time? Everybody else, though, knows that they are very ugly. Now that's the way with me. As I have said, I'm sure in my own mind that I am perfectly splendid, and yet your Uncle Periwinkle, who thought of me, wouldn't write and send me to you. You must be very wise if you know what you mean, said Jimmy Boy. I don't. Oh no, I'm not so wise. I'm only splendid, that's all, said the other. You see, I'm a valentine, only I was never made. I was only thought of. Your uncle Periwinkle thought of me, and he was going to send me to you, and then he changed his mind and thought you'd rather have a box of candy. So he didn't write me and sent you a box of chocolate creams instead. The postman's got him, and if he doesn't find out what they are and eat em all up, you'll receive them this afternoon. Won't you let me come in and tell me about myself and see if you don't like me? I want to be liked, oh ever so much, and I was awfully disappointed when your uncle decided not to send me. I cried for eight minutes and then resolved to come here myself and see if after all he wasn't wrong. Let me come in, and if you don't like me, I'll go right out again and never come back. I like you already, without knowing what kind of valentine you are, said Jimmy Boy kindly. 
Of course you can come in, and you can stay as long as you want to. I don't believe you'll be in anybody's way. Thank you very much, said the valentine gratefully as it moved into the house, and, to judge from where its voice next came, settled down on the big sofa cushion. I'd hoped you'd say that. What kind of valentine are you? asked Jimmy Boy in a moment. Either a funny one or a solemn one, with paper frills all over it in a box and a little cupid peeping out from behind a tree. I am almost afraid to tell you, said the valentine timidly. I am so afraid you won't like me. Oh, yes, I will, said Jimmy Boy hastily. I like all kinds of valentines. Well, that's a relief, said the other. I'm comic. Hooray, cried Jimmy Boy. I just love comic valentines, with red and blue pictures in them and funny verses. Do you really, returned the valentine cheerfully. Then I can say hooray too, because that's what I was to be. I was to be a picture of a boy with red trousers on, sitting crosswise on a great yellow broomstick, galloping through a blue sky toward a pink moon. How do you like that? It is splendid, just as you said, returned Jimmy Boy with a broad smile. Those are my favourite colours. You like those colours better than you do chocolate cream colour? asked the valentine. Oh, my yes, said Jimmy Boy. Probably you wouldn't want to be so good to eat as a chocolate cream, but for a valentine you're much better. I don't want to eat valentines. I want to keep them. You don't know how glad you make me, said the pathetic little valentine, its voice trembling with happiness. Now if you like my verses as well as you do my picture, I will be perfectly content. I guess I'll like them, said Jimmy Boy. Can you recite yourself to me? I'm not written, didn't I tell you, returned the valentine. That's the good part of it. I can tell you what I might have been, and you can take your choice. That's good, said Jimmy Boy. Then I'm sure to be satisfied. Just so, said the valentine. Now let me think what I might have been. Hmm, well, what do you think of this? If I'd had a cat with a bright red tail, and a parrot whose voice was soft and low, I put him away in a water pail and send him to where the glowworms glow, and then I would sit on an old whisk broom and sail through the great soft starlit sky to where bright moonbeams gaily froom their songs to the parboiled Gemini, and I'd say to the frooming moonbeams that I'd come from the home of the sweet woodbine, deserting my parrot and red-tailed cat to ask if they'd be my valentine. I guess that's good, said Jimmy Boy. Only, I don't know what frooming is. Neither do I, said the valentine. But that needn't make any difference. You see, it's a nonsense rhyme anyhow, and I couldn't remember any word that rhymed with broom. Froom isn't a bad word, and insomuch as it's new to us, we can make it mean anything we want to. That's true, said Jimmy Boy. But why do you send the cat and the parrot off? They aren't in the picture, said the valentine. And so, of course, we have to get rid of them before we have the boy start off on the broomstick. It would be very awkward to go sailing off through the sky on a broomstick with a parrot and cat in tow. Then, to show the moonbeams how much the boy thinks of them, you have to have him leave something behind that he thinks a great deal of. And that something might just as well be a parrot and a cat as anything else. And what does it all mean? asked Jimmy Boy. Is the boy supposed to be me? No explained the valentine the boy is supposed to be uncle periwinkle and you are the moonbeams 
in putting the poem the way I've told you is just another nonsense way of saying that he'll be your valentine and will take a great deal of trouble and make sacrifices to do it if necessary. I see, said Jimmy Boy, and I think it's very nice indeed, though I might like some other verse better. Of course you might, said the valentine. That's the way with everything. No matter how fine a thing may be, there may be something else that might be better. And the thing to do it is to look about and try to find the thing that's better. How's this? The broom went round to Jimmy Boy's and cried, Oh, Jimmy Boy B, come forth in the night, desert your toys, and take a fine ride with me. I'll take you off through the starlit sky, we'll visit the moon so fine, if you will come with my alacrity and be my valentine. That isn't so bad either, said Jimmy Boy. I sort of wish a broomstick would come after me that way and take me sailing off to the moon. I'd be its valentine in a minute if it would do that. I'd like to take a trip through all the stars and see why they twinkle and... Why they twinkle? interrupted the valentine. Why they twinkle? Ha! <laughs> why, I can tell you that. For as a secret just between you and me, I know a broomstick that has been up to the stars and told me all about them. The stars twinkle because from where they are, they are so high up, and they can see all that is going on in the world. And they see so many amusing things that it keeps them laughing all the time, and they have to twinkle, just as your eyes do when they see anything funny. That's it, is it? said Jimmy Boy. Yes, sir, said the Valentine, and it's fine too, to watch him when you are feeling sad. You know how it is when you're feeling sort of unhappy, and somebody comes right along who feels just the other way, who laughs and sings how you get to feel better by yourself right off? Well, remember the stars when you don't feel good, how they're always twinkling. Watch them, and by and by you'll begin to twinkle yourself. You can't help it. And further, Jimmy Boy, added this altogether strange valentine, when anybody tries to make you think that this world has got more bad things and good things in it, look at the stars again. They wouldn't twinkle, if that was so, until the stars stop twinkling and begin to frown. I don't think you'll ever think badly of the world. I won't, said Jimmy Boy. I always did like the world. As long as I've been in it, I've thought it was a pretty fine place. It is, said the valentine. Nobody can spoil it either, unless you do it yourself. But I say... If you'd like to have me, I'll introduce you to my broomstick friend sometime, and maybe some day he'll give you that ride. Will you? cried Jimmy Boy with delight. That will be fine. You are the dearest old valentine that ever was. Saying which, forgetting in his happiness that the valentine was not to be seen, and so could not be touched, Jimmy Boy leaned over to hug him affectionately as he sat on the sofa cushion which may account for the fact that when Jimmy Boy's papa came home, he found Jimmy Boy clasping the sofa cushion in his arms, asleep and unconscious of the fact that the postman had come and gone, leaving behind him six comic valentines, four solemn ones, and a package of chocolate creams from Uncle Periwinkle. When he waked, he was rejoiced to find them, but he has often told me since that the finest valentine he ever got was the one Uncle Periwinkle thought he wouldn't like, as well as the candy, and I believe he still has hopes that the invisible valentine may turn up again some day, bringing with him his friend the broomstick, who will still take Jimmy Boy off for a visit to the twinkling stars. End of Jimmy Boy's Valentine by John Kendrick Bangs Read by Anna Pinter